0: Yeah, baby, won't you put me in your 401k-4, domestic partners can't be denied their rights no more had sex on the men's room floor at the rest stop on route 294 so you can put me in your 401k4 Cruising men's rooms lets me make all kinds of friends but domestic partners are more than just friends in the end Ten a night seems about right, I foresee domestic benefits galore If they all put me in their 401k4 Yeah baby won't you put me in your 401k4 Domestic partners can't be denied their rights no more We had sex on the men's room floor at the rest stop on Route 294 So you can put me in your 401k4 alone just watching MTV getting fat on junk food digging Brittany we're all becoming zombies by watching MTV MTV boys watching MTV we're all becoming zombies by watching MTV free 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 we think we're all quite free becoming Teenage Zombies by watching MTV Carson Dill and went on a shooting spree gunning down their classmates after watching MTV watching nihilistic acts of cruelty both boys that went ballistic from watching MTV MTV boys watching MTV both boys that went ballistic from watching MTV three, 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 three we think we're all quite free. becoming teenage zombies watching MTV. <laughs> Mr. Sumter Redstone is like the political age. In violent music for all the world to see. Filling the heads of Muslims with sadistic fantasies. They learn to hate the Great Satan by watching MTV. MTV, boys, watching MTV. They learn to hate the Great Satan by watching MTV. Free, 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 we think we're all quite free. Becoming teeny zombies by watching MTV. Quantum drive just passes by while watching MTV. Watching Jane's addiction simulates me. We're losing all moral convictions by watching MTV. MTV, boys, watching MTV. We're losing all moral convictions by watching MTV. Free, 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 we think we're all quite free. Becoming teenage zombies by watching MTV. Jessica Lynch doesn't live here no more live here no more live here no more Jessica Lynch doesn't live here no more she went to the Iraqi war the Burger King and Wheeling wasn't hiring no more hiring no more hiring no more the Burger King and Wheeling wasn't hiring no more so Jessica went to Jessica Lynch got into a fight, into a fight, into a fight. Jessica Lynch got into a fight in the Iraqi war. Private Lynch drove her Humvee into a ditch, into a ditch, into a ditch. Private Lynch drove her Humvee into a ditch. Now she's gonna be rich. Jessica Lynch was lying in bed, lying in bed, lying in bed. Jessica Lynch was lying in bed when the soldiers broke down the door. Doctors in Iraq were healing wounds, healing wounds, healing wounds. Doctors in Iraq were healing wounds when the troops broke down the door. Made her here overnight, here overnight, here overnight. The Pentagon made her here overnight to get more women in the war. The Pentagon needs more women to fight, women to fight, women to fight. The Pentagon needs more women to fight, fight the Iraqi war. Fight your mama to fight, your mama to fight. The Pentagon wants your mama to fight, fight the Iraqi war. Hollywood wants your daughter to fight, your daughter to fight, your daughter to fight. Hollywood wants your daughter to fight, fight the Iraqi war. were sweeping the land a group of professors at iusb decided to take the situation in hand there were deans wearing jeans there were people of means, there were dikes from the gender studies program there were ladies with bags and homeless folks in rags all fighting hate saint joseph county To ensure that the locals felt secure They invited the DA to testify And he began to rail He'd throw anyone in jail Who spoke a word in hate when he was by There were queers full of fears There were atheists in tears The DA wanted hate crime legislation People from surrounding farms Who were all up in arms for the St. Joe County hate infestation. <laughs> Professor Bree from out of state said women only learned how to hate if they made contact with groups like the clan. But a dyke did disagree, saying hate's okay with me as long as a woman learns how to hate a man. To make sure the plan was bipartisan, they invited Congressman Chris cola But imagine their shock when at precisely ten o'clock, two men arrived from Osceola. Red Dragon, Railton Loy, and one of his boys showed up wearing white t-shirts, pressed and new. They together made a plea for white supremacy, but the professors, in a rage, they then flew. Who let these losers in, cried Professor McGinn. This would have never happened in Manhattan, we can't exterminate. If the clan participates in the IUSB anti-hate fest. were losers from the Klan and the Nationary and affirmative action officers all over. Chicks from North Liberty and the big Portuguese all fighting hate in St. Joseph County.
1: I that's,
2: not, that's not evil. Being hostile to all mankind
1: and subversive is not evil. One well, disco. I have to say that because St. Paul said the Jews are enemies of the entire human race. They are. What do you think of Jordan Peterson? Mm. Uh, did you see the video about where he said I can't do it? One gay gay disco. Adam, I'm trying to do you a favor. You're fighting for the gay disco. Don't make your ignorance normative for the rest of us.
3: Don't, don't use those kinds of slurs on the fighting for the gay disco.
1: What are there? No slurs here. For the gay disco. This is an uprising against smart elites. Smart elite elites. So they're the And the opposite is America. Because America Definitely
4: our most requested guests uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones, a man who needs no
1: introduction. I mean, it is. That's what they that's what they pay the Rockefeller Foundation to do. You're not supposed to know what I just told you. One day, They didn't know about this. They didn't know yeah. what we know now. I mean, is there any argument you can
3: use to wake them up? Yeah, I think if God had a plan for your life. Well, you'd be jerking off every curvy piece of driftwood you saw at the beach. fight the people
1: who don't like disco. Maybe dad. you would. And you're consistently refusing to talk
0: about pornography. Uh, Pete Buttigieg yes. seems to be the exhibit A of that process. Yes, yes.
1: Because you think that the anus is a sex organ, don't you, Pete? One big Uh, Richard Spencer hands out spears and he says, charge the machine gun nest. Dr. Jones, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of the heads of the Federal Reserve were Jews, but after a certain period of time, uh, that seemed to be the case. Hello, welcome again to EMJ Live. It's a smoky afternoon in South Bend, Indiana as the uh, forest fires rage in Canada and their smoke blows down this direction. But the big news uh, has to do with the other end of Canada, namely Newfoundland, namely 400 miles uh, east of Newfoundland. A man by the name of Stockton Rush uh, built a submersible, like a little submarine, That looks like a minivan, uh, about the size of a minivan. And he was taking on tourists who uh, were going to pay $250,000 apiece to go and go down to the bottom of the ocean to look at the wreck of the Titanic. Now, the bottom of the ocean out there is really far down, it's 12,000 feet down. And as you go down there, the pressure increases because the water is really heavy. And if you have 12,000 feet of water on top of you, that's a lot of pressure. And so what happened, of course, of course, not of course, is that the uh, they disappeared. Okay. And then they sent a, a drone down there and they saw the wreck of this... Uh, uh, submersible known as the Titan. And that has dominated the news here for days. Some people say it was a deliberate misdirection to uh, distract us from the fact that Hunter Biden uh, was going to be indicted or got a sweetheart deal or something like that. But anyway, it has dominated because this is a fascinating story every bit as much as the Titanic has have been fascinating us for over a hundred years, because there's something that really resonates in this story with our Predicament. What is our predicament? Let me. Uh, I've been saying it many times, but I'll tell you. Someone who was saying it along with me now, Colonel McGregor, uh, Douglas McGregor, the expert on the war in the Ukraine, said that basically uh, the United States uh, has neoconservatives. We talked about them last week, uh, who are have their hands on the steering wheel and they're driving the car over the cliff into a nuclear abyss. We're in that situation and and we're here. This is why uh, I think this thing resonates with us so much. We're all in a submersible known as America and we're all heading into the abyss at the hands of a guy who is a psychopath. I, I don't know whether you have listened to interviews uh, by Stockton Rush, but it took me about five seconds to realize I don't want to be anywhere near this guy uh, in any way, shape, or form. He's obviously a psychopath, he's a narcissist, uh, and, and so people are trying to figure out uh, what's, what's going on here. Uh, he's quoted as saying that uh, his little uh, uh, submersible uh, is invulnerable. And he said that in 60 minutes and the guy said, well, they said that about the Titanic, too, didn't they? And it turns out that they were both equally invulnerable, which is to say pretty vulnerable. So let me give you a take here that I got. Okay, uh, I'm going to read this to you because I think it's indicative of the type of stuff that you get off the Internet. The cost-cutting CEO that doesn't want to hire white people. This is true. He said he didn't want to have. If you look into this type of business, it's 50-year-old white guys with military experience, and they're not inspirational. So he hires people who are inspirational. Uh, also, cutting costs here, he's not paying. He's not doing his, uh paying decent wages. Uh, he's also buying parts out of the local hardware store and cobbling this thing together. Okay, Stockton Rush, the CEO of OceanGate, uh, follows the Jewish faith. Uh, I don't think that's true. I mean, if you know, if it were true, I would jump on it, you know that, right? Uh, I don't think this is the case here. What is this guy's name? Stockton Rush. Richard Stockton and Benjamin Rush were two of the people who signed the Declaration of Independence. This guy is an American. I mean, he goes all the way back to the founding of this country. This guy is a classic American. And I think that's the issue. That is precisely the issue. What is a classic American? The answer is very clear. The answer is the classic American is a devil worshiper. Now, whoa, everybody's like, whoa, what did did he just say? Why did I say that? Well, I wanna back up and talk about how we got into this particular situation. uh, And I'm going to begin at the beginning of this narrative which is the protestant reformation wait a minute wait a minute isn't this isn't this christian religion isn't this a christian denomination aren't you being too harsh here let's let's go back to even before discussions we've already had before when someone tells you that he's a jew are you supposed to believe that he's a follower of moses a child of moses if you do, you need to read St. John's Gospel because Jesus Christ had this discussion. And he said to the Jews of his time, they said, We're, we've got special DNA. Jesus Christ said, your father is Satan. It wasn't Hitler who said that, it was Jesus Christ himself, your father is Satan. And so if they you perdure in that rejection of Christ, if you kill Christ, it's obvious that your father is Satan. And then if, if you say, okay, but we've had all this ecumenical dialogue and then suddenly uh, a year ago when abor- Roe versus Wade gets overturned and now the Jews come out and they say abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Well, if it is, you worship Moloch and Moloch is a manifestation of Satan. But let's go back here. This is a, I, I'm telling you, this is not a specifically Jewish story. This is an American story. So what is America? America is the fulfillment of the Protestant Reformation. It's not those Anglicans. It's not those snake handlers in Kentucky. It's America. And for once a Jew got it right. I forget his name, but he's a professor at Yale and he wrote a book called America the World's Fourth Great Religion. I think that is exactly right. That is exactly right. So to say that the the Jew is a descendant of the child uh, of Moses, as a child of Moses, is clearly wrong, and it's every bit as wrong to say that Protestantism uh, found its culmination in what the Anglican Church? No, no, it found its culmination in America. Now, why do I say that? Why do I say that? It's time to look a little more deeply into this thing. I have read this before, but I'm going to read it again. Because it's the crucial, it's the crucial document, the crucial document of what I'm talking about. And it's from Shakespeare. And you know, Shakespeare lived at the time of the Reformation. He lived at a time when it was dangerous to be a Catholic in England. The Jesuits found that out. They were caught saying mass uh, St. John Campion was uh, hanged until not dead. And then he was drawn and quartered, and his entrails were put in boiling oil. So that was serious, okay? Shakespeare did not want to die that way. And so anytime he wants to talk about the Reformation in England, he sets it in Greece, ancient Greece. And this is the famous speech that Ulysses gave in Shakespeare's play Troilus and Cressida. Take but degree away, untune that string, and hark what discord follows. Take degree, he's talking about uh, social order here. Logos, each thing meets in mere pugnancy. The bounded waters should lift their bosoms higher than the shores and make a sop of all this solid globe. Strength should be the lord of imbecility and the rude son should strike his father dead. Force should be right, or rather right and wrong, between whose endless jar justice resides should lose their names and so should justice too then everything includes itself in power power into will will into appetite and appetite a universal wolf so doubly second with will and power must make for force a universal prey and at last eat up itself that's the reformation right there in a nutshell and its fulfillment was america and we're watching it right now okay now, there were people who understood this. One of the people who understood the hidden grammar of the Reformation was a, a Judaizer uh, known as a Puritan by the name of John Milton. And uh, he wrote a uh, probably the Protestant ep- epic. And the Protestant epic is known as Paradise Lost. Great poem. And everybody knew that the hero of Paradise Lost was the devil. Everybody knew that. Blake said it. The entire romantic movement knew that. Shelley knew that. When Shelley wrote his treatise on the Irish, urging them to rise up in revolution against the English, he got his line from Milton, awake, arise, or be forever fallen. Who said that? Satan said that. He said it to the fallen angels, rallying the fallen angels in hell so they could wage perpetual war on God. Now, what does that mean? Remember, this is a Protestant. This is one of the great Protestant thinkers talking. Before Satan said that, this is what he said. Farewell, happy fields, where joy forever dwells. Hail, horrors. Hail infernal world and thou profoundest hell, receive thy new possessor, one who brings a mind not to be changed by place or time. The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell, a hell of heaven. What matter where if I be still the same and what should I be all but less than he whom thunder has made greater. Here at least we shall be free. What does that remind you of? The land of the free and the home of the brave. Here at last we shall be free. The Almighty hath not built here for his envy, nor will not drive us hence. Here we may reign secure. And in my choice, to reign is worth ambition, though in hell. Better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. That's the Puritan manifesto. That's why they came here. The English couldn't stand them anymore, so they drove them out and they came to Boston. And what they did there was basically they sat there and everybody mulled this thing over for centuries. And one of the men who did a lot of mulling was Nathaniel Hawthorne, whose great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather was a judge at the Salem Witch Trial. And he was kept mulling, like, what is this ship that I'm sailing with? And the greatest expression uh, of his revelation, self-revelation, was young Goodman Brown, which I encourage you to read. But the man who epitomized this whole civilization, the man who took the ball from John Milton and applied it specifically to America was Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he wrote an essay called Self-reliance. And in that he said, nothing is at last sacred but the integrity of your own mind. Does that remind you of something? He got it from Milton, that's exactly what Satan said in that speech I just read from Paradise Lost. Absolve you to yourself and you shall have the suffrage of the world. Now he knew that this is strong, the Germans call it "starker Tobach, this is really strong stuff. So he gives an objection here, but these impulses, this is the objector, may be from below, not from above. And Emerson replies, they do not seem to me to be such, but if I am the devil's child, I will live then from the devil. The only right is what is after my constitution. The only wrong is what is against it. Power is in nature The essential measure of right. He got that from Shakespeare. That's what Ulysses said with the Reformation. That was the hidden grammar of the Reformation. Shakespeare knew it. Milton knew it. Emerson knew it. Nietzsche knew it. They all knew it. You break with some type of objective authority. You hand the Bible to an Englishman and he goes immediately crazy and will say power is the essential measure of right. Okay, I said there's, so Hawthorne is thinking, this is crazy shit. This is my neighbor? He's a devil worshiper. No wonder young he wrote Young Goodman Brown. You go into the forest and the guy says, yeah, evil is the nature of mankind. That's the logical outcome of Calvin's doctrine of Uh, innate depravity, total depravity. And here, we're only drawing the logical conclusion if evil is the nature of mankind, well, we're all devil worshipers. And Emerson is giving his version of it. Now, the other guy who was thinking this over was Hawthorne's friend, Herman Melville. And now we're getting close to the the actual uh, metaphor that I wanna bring into this discussion. He wrote a novel called Moby Dick. A Moby Dick is about a ship called the Pequod and it's about a captain Captain Ahab who is could be a CEO today because he's that kind of psychopath. You have to be a psychopath to be a CEO. Okay? And so uh, we <laughs> what what is, why is, he, is this why is this so interesting? okay because we are all part of the ship of state right now and the captain's a psychopath who is the we don't even know who the captain is. who is the captain it's not joe biden is it anthony blinken it's some jew because they're the they're the people who are running this whole thing okay so this is melville we're a ship of state it's run by a psychopath what are we going to do here how do we deal with this well you don't deal with it because the ship goes down that's the whole point of moby dick he commandeered ahab commandeered this ship he was supposed to just make a profit here by killing sperm whales and getting their oil and instead it becomes a vehicle for personal vengeance which is exactly what the ship estate is right now it's not personal vengeance it's a vehicle for jewish vengeance against Russia because all of these Jews came from Russia and they all tell stories at their dinner table about the pogroms and the czar and all that other type of stuff and the first attack Jewish attack on Russia was known as Bolshevism it was the misnamed Russian Revolution it was a Jewish coup d'etat that took over that country but wait a minute America's different right different no It's a variation on the same thing. Milton was a Judaizer. I don't want to blame the Jews for this. We have enough uh, blame to go around simply because we are Americans. Americans are devil worshipers. Wait a minute, that still sounds too strong. Anyway, so here we are. Plot, Ahab reveals to his crew That the true mission of the Pequod is not to hunt whales and harvest their oil but rather to extract revenge on the great white whale Moby Dick who took Ahab's leg okay Starbuck who is the kind of uh, first mate kind of regular guy uh, out of his depth when dealing with evil is horrified when he hears this and he says vengeance on a dumb brute cried Starbuck that simply smote thee from blindest instinct, madness, to be engaged with a dumb thing. Captain Ahab, this seems blasphemous. And Ahab says, that inscrutable thing is chiefly what I hate, and be the white whale white agent or be the white whale principal, I will wreak that hate upon him. Talk not to me of blasphemy, man. I'd strike the sun if it insulted me. Nothing is at last sacred but the integrity of your own mind. This is this guy, Stockton Rush felt exactly this way about his little submersible. He wasn't gonna let rule, safety is just a weird thing. I'm a genius, I'm a CEO. I'm gonna make this thing out of carbon fiber. Nobody does this. Uh, he said, General MacArthur has said, you have to be known by the rules you break. He broke every rule. He took them down 25,000, 12,000 feet down to the bottom of the ocean and they never came back. That's an american tale if i ever heard one longer rant than usual but now let's hear what you have to say
4: all right okay hey everybody Uh, mike bajak is here once again dr jones assistance uh this is the time for our call-in section for you to guys who don't know uh the link for the call-in is in the description it's telegram to our chat um And in telegram, i will pick on those who raise their hands. And then later in the stream, I'll take uh, questions uh, via cozy uh, text. Uh, There are no paid super chats required. Uh, Try to keep questions on subject. Uh, Try to keep to one question, be respectful of time, and most importantly, do not forget to unmute yourself. All right, here we go. Uh, To the telegram, Daniel Stone,
3: go ahead daniel stone hello dr jones hello hello mike hey how are you sir good well happy friday to you another week ended and another week in the books but um i thought it was quite interesting um i know i I immediately thought with this whole submarine uh gobbledygook i was like oh this is a this is a distraction because i've been loosely following the hunter biden stuff not that it's probably something to really follow seeing that the justice system has been broken for quite some time now but um i i thought i was trying to tell everybody this week you know don't focus on this focus on the actual stuff like the hunter biden stuff or any of the other atrocities that are happening within our legal system but sadly many people just simply wanted to be entertained and uh the submarine gave them lots of uh things to uh, entertain dark humor with. Um, but I, I thought that without adding any sort of dark humor of my own, I thought it was quite interesting how Pride literally took a fall in this case, Absolutely. with the submarine, And how fitting that it also happens during the so called Pride Month, that, you know, it literally pulled five or six, I'm not sure how many people were on aboard. But it literally pulled five or six people to the bottom of the sea. And uh, hubris, uh,
1: you know, won again. Right. Um, Pro- listen, wait, so, uh, wait. I have I a have great big flash here. It took place during Pride Month. Yes, exactly. Pride goeth before the fall. And if you didn't know that, uh, this month taught you that. This is what happened to these poor people. This was incredible hubris. Uh, I guess the Greek word for pride, arrogance, uh, thinking you're a master of the universe and the whole thing blows up in your face. This is a mani techle for the American people. Now I'm saying, it ha- it's I agree with you. It was, part of it was to distract attention from what's really going on, but part of it is there's a story here that is absolutely typically American in a way that everybody finds fascinating uh, because it really tells the story of America. This is exactly the story of America. It's Moby Dick, it's paradise lost, exactly paradise. This was paradise and it's been lost because these devil worshipers took it over.
3: I agree. I, I find it interesting though, and I'll finish with this because I know there's probably some other people, but um, you know, the, the whole, you know, when I see people who are getting t- sick and tired of pride, I said, well, pride is, is has two, I I see it as like a coin. Pride has a good side and a bad side. It's kind of like the devil on one shoulder and the little angel on the other. You can be proud of doing something that benefits society, benefits your own life in the long run. And then you can also be proud of doing something that simply gives you pleasure, which is, I would say, the dark side. And I think we're seeing, um, the usurpation of the, the rainbow, which was obviously God's promise according to what was outlined in the bible you know he gives the the rainbow as a promise that he will never destroy the earth by flooding again but as he it is written in the bible he will destroy it with fire and um i think uh, while some are now in a very deep watery grave um i i hope that this can be a learning uh, so, do so do i experience
1: so do i i i have to say the one thing i take pride in is my humility thank you
4: All right, uh, next we have, uh, let's see, MV,
5: go ahead, MV. Hey, Dr. Jones, Um, that was a great uh, summation, but um, something earlier, you put a tweet out a few days ago where somebody responded, um, thought you were being a little too hard on the Jews and the person described themselves as a Hebrew Catholic. And I went back and forth a little bit and I said, what's a Hebrew Catholic? And they said, well, I was a Jewish convert to Catholicism. And basically, they were making the argument that you have to understand Jesus is Jewish, and every time we have the Eucharist, we are eating Jewish flesh. Ah. And I never heard that before, no. so I just had to get your take on
1: that. Yeah, listen, the organization of Hebrew Catholics was caused a lot of consternation among Jews who had converted to Catholicism uh, years ago when uh, Mr. Moss, David Moss, created the whole thing. There's a there's a problem here, okay. What is a Jew? A Jew is a rejecter of Christ. That's their fundamental identity. They have a negative identity. They are still offered salvation, as Peter made it clear, but the ticket now to salvation is baptism, okay? You have to accept baptism in order to be saved. Now, if you do accept baptism, you cease being a Jew. You're not a Jew anymore. OK, because you have rejected the rejection of Christ. And so therefore, my friend, like b- way back when, Father Kleiber and Mark Drugim were saying, well, no, they shouldn't have a Hebrew right because they're not Jews. Well, they, this changed over time. And what we now have is a converso crisis because there are now, uh-huh. there are now Jews who uh, what they say they want to become Catholic. But what they want to do is drag Jewish privilege into the Catholic Church with them. No, wait a minute, buddy. Yep. You have to check your guns at the door here. You have to convert <laughs> sincerely. And sincerely means you give up this Jewish privilege that is ultimately racial in its orientation. The classic example, uh, I hate to say, is Dawn Goldstein. Uh, how do I know she wants to have Jewish privilege? Well, she's first thing she does, I've said this before, The water of baptism is not even dry on her forehead and she's denouncing fellow Catholics as anti-Semites. That is a sign that your conversion is not complete. You have to give up these Jewish taboos uh, if you want to become a Catholic. If you're not willing to give up Jewish taboos, don't convert. Don't go through the, uh, the, the, the charade of conversion.
5: That's how I understood it. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
4: All right. uh next we have m or npm uh go ahead
5: oh hi dr jones uh good to speak to you in person thanks for your talk today you're welcome um i just shared a video by bishop williamson which is a, an excellent compliment to to exactly the message you just shared so i my question is um what's the antidote if you're if you're trying to explain i'm I'm picturing the architect you stayed in his house in california if you're trying to explain to a successful american who's very very proud of his of his possessions and his success and his liberty how do you explain to him that he's missing something <laughs> how could you articulate that or what's the antidote for these people
1: they should listen to this podcast okay The, uh, The whole point of what I'm trying to say is here to extricate the Catholic faith from Americanism, which is a toxic, it's another religion. The Jew from Yale was right. America is the world's fourth great religion. That's what it is. That is the direct line from the Reformation to Milton to Emerson to today. That's, it's Satan worship. It's devil worship. And that's what America is. Why didn't I know this? The, the Ayatollah Khomeini said America was the great Satan, and we thought, all thought it was an exaggeration. No, that's the exact truth, okay? So how do you deal with this? You're right. The best way to deal with it is to start a conversation is with beauty, which is why I wrote the book. And that house where, where Joe Ritchie, uh, the late Joe Ritchie bought that house, Because he understood, he was a convert, uh, an evangelical uh, from Wheaton, uh, that area, who converted to Catholicism because he intuitively understood that beauty is a transcendental and beauty brings us into contact with the good and the true. And that's good contact to be in. And that is precisely what happened to Nathaniel Hawthorne when he went to Rome. The Puritan went to Rome and is overwhelmed by beauty. And then he walks into St. Peter's and he walks up to the confessional. But then uh, he couldn't go any further. Now, there's a mystery there. God will lead you there, but you have to assent in what I said before. like tell The Jew has to accept baptism if he wants to be saved. Okay, that's the condition. I didn't set it. Jesus Christ said it. You have to be a member of the church in order to be saved. Uh, and, and that's the way you become a member of the church. So how you go from one to the other, it requires a lot of rhetorical skill. And there's going to be a lot of misunderstanding along the way. But I think the best way to approach this thing is, is through beauty. Or let's take it the other way. Well, the best way to approach it is to deal with the realities of the world right now. That's the true. This ship that went down, this boat that went down, that's on everybody's mind. It's true, and there's an, a lesson there that is deeply American that I think can be explicated by someone who knows uh, American history and American literature, which is what I tried to do.
5: Uh, thank you. I just this is just a additional because you you make a good message about the beauty of nature, and my experience in usa as the most successful americans they always want to conquer nature they have trouble with with just being graceful in nature you're right they want to hunt and fish and conquer (laughs) I, i i i'm not sure how that that grace and nature combination is a beautiful thing i'm not sure how to get them to appreciate that. well
1: they don't appreciate it because obviously if you believe in total depravity Uh, That means you're dead, your soul is dead, and if your soul is dead, nothing can change it. Uh, But that's the, the fundamental principle that Americans never learned, which is why Europe is beautiful and America is ugly, is grace perfects nature, it doesn't destroy it. If you're told, if you're a Calvinist, grace has to destroy nature. And so if you're, if nature needs to be destroyed, well go ahead and do it. That's created all these ecological crises in a country which was paradise. It was paradise regained. That's the way they talked about Virginia in the 17th century. Uh, They should have had Italians, come. well they did have Italians come, but they weren't in charge of the culture. And so what you had was Americans trying to be Italians or in architecture trying to be Frenchmen and and import the Beaux-Arts tradition here. It's been a long struggle. It's only 200 or some years. And so we have time to improve in the future as long as we can exercise the demon, the great Satan that Americans worship. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Okay, uh,
4: next we have Malachi Lucky. Go ahead, Mr. Lucky. Hey there, don't forget to unmute. Malachi, go on once. Mute button. Nope. Okay, moving on. Um, Venice. Go ahead, Venice. Hey, it's uh, Venus. Thank you, Dr. Jones. Uh, I just wanted to ask if uh, you... Sorry, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can. Go ahead. I just wanted to ask if you had seen uh, Matt
4: Walsh's recent... Thread uh, attributing transgenderism and its origins to Nazi scientists.
1: Yeah, this
0: some <laughs>
4: thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, if you
1: if you don't know what you're talking about, you shouldn't open your mouth. Okay, he's referring to Magnus Hirschfeld. Uh, Magnus Hirschfeld was a Jew and a homosexual who created the Institute for Sexual Wissenshaft, the Institute for Sexual Science in Berlin during the 1920s when the Jews took over German culture. And he is, his great idea was the third, the third sex, the third gender, uh, that there were people who were neither male nor female, uh, androgyny was what it was called now. So there is, you could make a good case, I think, that Magnus Hirschfeld is the father of transgenderism, but you can't make the case that he was a German, he was a Jew. Oh, you certainly can't make the case that this somehow came out of Nazi Germany. Nazi, the, uh, if if Magnus Hirschfeld didn't exist, Hitler would have had to invent him. There was nobody put wind in the sails of the Nazis more than the Jewish homosexual Magnus Hirschfeld. And so, what happened uh, when the Nazis came to power is they marched into the Institute for Sexual and dragged the books out and burned them. This is the reaction. The, re, the Nazism is the reaction to Jewish Bolshevism. It's the reaction to the Soviet Republic of Bavaria where Russian Jews took over uh, the the Catholic state in Germany. If you don't know this, you don't know anything, and you probably don't know it because the Jews don't want you to know it because they had a causal uh, uh, effect on the rise of Hitler. It's always, the Jews never do anything wrong. Uh, They are innocent victims and so on and so forth. No, if it weren't for Jews and specifically Jewish Bolshevism, Hitler would have never come to power. And if Hitler had never come to power, he wouldn't have burned down the Institute for Sexual uh, Science that uh, was created by the Jew Magnus Hirschfeld. So Walsh made a fool out of himself by saying that he should man up and say, I'm sorry, I got it completely wrong.
4: Yeah, maybe his next documentary should be called "What Is a Jew." Anyway, thank you for your answer. That was great. You're welcome. Next, we have Martin. Go ahead, Martin.
1: Uh, Doctor Jones. Yes. Ah, great.
0: I'm I'm from Mexico. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Gracias. Me, very brief. De nada. Uh, two questions gracias uh, two questions uh, i have a doubt about uh, a former president uh, diem from vietnam uh, that they, they they said it was uh, a puppet from the cia and uh, bobby kennedy jr said that uh, he was actually a good man and he was a good catholic and he was murdered by the cia and the other question is about another good catholic that uh, is being portrayed as a as a a lunatic that was Senator, Senator McCarthy. Right, right. And, and uh, well, I, I, I really believe that you're the only one that can uh, enlighten me about these two figures that uh, the Jewish uh, propaganda really hates. Right. And, and I really would like to know the truth, and uh, that's it, thank you.
1: Okay, so my friend uh, was in the military, went to West Point, shows up in Vietnam, Uh, at the beginning of the Vietnam War, uh, when Diem is president of Vietnam, South Vietnam. And he gets taken aside by the senior officer who tells him that the Catholics are taking over the world. This was a common idea among the WASP ruling class during this period of time. So you had Adenauer in Germany, and you had de Gaulle in France, and you had Franco in Spain, and you had Salazar in Portugal, and and you had Diem. In Vietnam, and you have Kennedy in, in in Washington. So the Catholics are taking over the world. That was common uh, a common prejudice among these people at that time. Okay, so what happened okay. is that Henry Cabot Lodge goes to uh, the CIA, goes to Kennedy, and they say DM is impeding the war effort. We have to get rid of them. So he Kennedy says, "Well, yeah, just uh, uh, get get him, get rid of them." or something like, I know the exact words, but we have to move him aside, something like that. Well, he didn't know that when he said move him aside or something like that, they meant to kill him. And so Henry Cabot Lodge has already admitted this on film. He said, yeah, we killed him. They killed D.M." okay? And at this point, Kennedy is shocked. One more shock uh, to Kennedy's uh, understanding of America, okay? The typical Irish immigrant's understanding of America and he starts to realize I'm not in control of this operation. Uh, unfortunately, it was too too late, too late. One month later, uh, the same people who killed D.M. killed Kennedy. That's what happened there. Okay. Now uh, these people uh, at this point in time. Uh, let, let's go back. Uh, we're going back to an earlier period, right after World War II. World War II was an alliance between. The Soviet Union and America. Soviet Union was communist, obviously, and there were lots of people in the Roosevelt administration who were communists. Harry Dexter White was one of them. He was the assistant, a Jew, and a communist. They were practically synonymous at this point in America. If you were a Jew, you were a communist. If you were a communist, you were a Jew, okay? Uh, and uh, Harry Dexter White was the assistant of Henry Morgenthau, The Jew who was the head of the Secretary of Treasury, who was going to starve the Germans to death, and so on and so forth. And then suddenly the whole world changes. Uh, The war is over, and every successful revolution leads to a civil war. And now you have a civil war between the United States and America. uh, I'm sorry, the United States and the Soviet Union. And all of these communists are still in the State Department. And this gets Joe McCarthy upset. And he starts to talk about this in a way that was embarrassing to the Uh, ruling class because a lot of those WASPs were uh, in the State Department, okay. Now the one thing that McCarthy could not do, uh, and he had this in common, he couldn't say the word Jew, because no one could say the word Jew, and so as a result he got caught in a battle. A Jew shows up, uh, uh, Cohn, Roy Cohn is his assistant, I don't think that's a good idea, Uh, and he gets basically Uh, whipsawed between these things because he can't identify the enemy properly, and then they go after him, and then he fails. So that was that. And this is, he's failing at a time, now he was a Catholic, he was the same uh, biracial uh, American like me, he was Irish and German. and but he was catholic and as a result he was seen as the enemy and the church was in no position just didn't want to defend him didn't wa- america first which was where that was appleton wisconsin where joe mccarthy came from that was part of america first manufacturing isolationist uh, that was over and so he had no defense and so he's gone down in history as uh, a demon okay it's that simple i hope that answered your question
0: yeah no 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 perfectly great and and dr jones uh, keep on keep up with your great work and and uh, we'll be following you from uh, Jalapa, mexico and uh, fuerte abrazo thank you gracias
4: okay next we have uh amy smith oops one second go ahead amy
0: hi dr jones hello i have a
4: I think I know the answer is going to be faith, but here's the question. What would you say to people who are kind of into the whole red pill, black pill kind of movement, questioning everything, seeing everything as like a con or a scam or a trick, like in the name of something good to get people to do something bad? What would you say to people who worry that even the Bible, because of the Jewish history of it, is a scam and a point in particular as someone pointed me to recently, the book of, of Esther as a kind of a celebration of vengeance. Um, how would you answer that, maybe faith, but other than that? Thank you so
1: much. Okay, we live in a world now where the mainstream narrative is collapsing. Okay, this is what structured people's lives. Uh, uh, it was done by the public opinion. Walter Lippmann wrote this book, how you have to structure people's lives uh, with myths uh, uh, so uh, Harry Luce created Time Magazine to create basically the narrative for Americans so that they could understand. My father read Time Magazine faithfully and he was basically brought into to the, uh, supporting the great Satan uh, to the detriment of, uh, I, I think, to his identity as an Irishman and his identity as a Catholic. Now, when that collapses, <laughs> where are we? I don't know what, it's like Indiana Jones, uh, you know, the guy tells him the not, don't trust anybody. Well, wait a minute, I I can't not trust anybody. And it was true because that guy betrayed him, so what happens when you can't trust anybody? Well, there's a thing called the, the truth, and the truth will set you free, and the human mind can know the truth. It's just that you're going to have to step back and start putting the pieces together in a more logical fashion than the propaganda ministry, which nobody believes. And to be, I'm going to let you in on the secrets. This is why I wrote all those books. Because I realize we're in the ruins now and we don't understand how those buildings got built in the first place. The buildings of Western civilization. And that's why I wrote Logos Rising about philosophy. And that's why I wrote The Dangers of Beauty about art. And that's why I wrote *Barometal* about economics. So that we can start building back a more rational narrative that will allow us to understand the world and resist uh, the lies that were being told it's so it's a moment of transition so if I can just follow up so the concern
4: though is what if the Bible is a 2,000 year old scam to trick people into you know being nice okay okay look
1: I I get these people I yeah I have a Muslim now who wants to debate me about how Jesus Christ was smuggled off the cross and ended up in India Okay, now how, how am I going to talk to a Muslim who is basically a religion that was influenced by the Nestorian heresy? Uh, well, we have to take a step back and start establishing the ground rules first before we can get, get into that. Uh, the, who? So I'm constantly confronted by some guy with a name like uh, Sticks Hexenhammer. That's an actual guy. So. Thor Thundershanks writes to me and says, the Bible was all made up. It was made up by Jews to, to, to crush Aryan, the Aryan spirit. Well, wait a minute, Thor, <laughs> is that your real name? And secondly, why, why should I trust the authority of some dude who doesn't have the courage to use his own name on the internet as some type of authority in this matter? You have to add some common sense here. This is the type of ridiculous stuff that emerges when the uh, conventional narrative collapses. Every lunatic in the world comes out of the woodwork. This is exactly what happened in England. When you crush the Catholic Church, okay, and then you hand an Englishman the Bible and say, here, you can interpret it however you want. Well, everybody goes crazy. Look into the 16th century, the time of the Civil War in england and you got ranters and you got diggers and you got adamites and you got quakers who show up naked and walk around naked in your city because they're innocent as adam and eve you got all these lunatics lock them up lock them up and we got to get back to reality here now it's worse you got transgendered you know it's, it's crazy but i'm saying that the point this is to be expected when the narrative collapses and uh, the people who are befuddled uh, I understand your predicament but don't go running off half cocked like some type of naked Quaker who just told you he the Holy Spirit told him to take his clothes off thank you you're welcome
4: all right we're gonna do uh one more question here on telegram okay and then uh I'll take uh questions from cozy so you guys and cozy start sending those questions. Let's see, let's go to Quentin Heisler. Go ahead, Quentin.
2: Hi,
5: Dr. Jones, how are you? Good, good. So I've noticed it's been coming out of the ecumenical community and all these kind of uh, theosophical weirdos, this fascination with the Celtic church, which I don't really know what that's supposed to mean, but I, I would assume it's a way to, you know, just another way to undercut the Roman authority. And uh, they kind of play up the, I think, is it the Senate of Whitby and the Pelagius and Augustinian uh, kind of conflict, if you will. So being an Irishman yourself, what do you make of this kind of folklore that, oh, the, the Celts had their own church until the evil Romans came and busted it up and- Yeah. Because it's very, uh, yeah.
1: They did, they had, so they had their own religion. It was they were, they were ruled by druids who were involved in all sorts of crazy stuff, including human sacrifice. So, they were so odious, the only thing I can compare it to is these odious pagan religions, uh, the Aztecs. That was a pagan religion, that was an indigenous religion, and if it's an indigenous religion that has no uh, grace to it, uh, it's going to naturally lend itself to libido dominante, the dominance of one group over another. So the Aztecs uh, were a brutal people that subjugated all the ethnic groups around them, and then they initiated human sacrifice. If that's the nature religion uh, you want, well, go for it, fellas. Go celebrate bentane in Ireland. Take your clothes off and paint yourself blue and see where you end up. I'll give you a hint, though, you don't have to do this, uh, go the whole way, because we have art as a way of entertaining these theoretical propositions. So watch The Wicker Man. Great movie about what the uh, involvement uh, in pagan religion really involves. So I'll give you, uh, I'll cut to the chase here. Introductory pagan religion is sexual license you know you can do whatever you want and then when you get to advanced pagan religion it's always human sacrifice i wrote read my essay on midsummer which was a a remake of uh, wicker man uh, based in sweden uh, which came out in culture wars about uh, two years ago you can find it on the website read my uh review of midsummer and you'll get some indication of what those good old old old-time religions were that the irish are talking about Thank you, Dr. Jones. You're welcome.
4: All right, time for questions on COSY. All right, let's see. Dr. Dan, a question for EMJ. Uh, What specifically uh, was the Americanism that Pope Leo the uh, 13th warned about?
1: Yeah, that's a disputed question, but basically that uh, somehow that uh, at this point uh, we should apply democratic principles to the Catholic Church, uh, which is a hierarchical institution. So it's the idea of trusteeship. That was the, the big issue at that time. So the let's say the Poles come over here. This is act, actual case. The Poles come over here. They set up a parish in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, And then uh, the priest dies, and then the bishop, who happens to be an Irishman, appoints an Irish priest for the Polish parish. Well, the Poles don't want an Irish priest okay the the irish are not known especially irish bishops are not known for their ethnic sensitivity here they always will lecture you about have to you be have to become a, you have to become a good american you polacks you got to become good americans like the irish well it led to an up uh, uh, basically a revolution uh and basically the supreme court and the catholic church hierarchy came down to basically that property belongs to the bishop it doesn't belong to the people in the parish and so at that point the Poles up and left and they created the Polish National Church and you can see those those things are around here now that is the matrix the historical matrix for Testem Benevolentiae uh, which was Leo XIII's anti-Americanism encyclical and it was a reaffirmation of church authority because without this church authority you're not going to have unity in the church Uh, And that's precisely it led to so insensitivity here, kind of ethnic insensitivity led to a break uh, and the formation of this Polish National Church, which is a shame. Uh, The Irish should have taken uh, sensitivity training or something like that. I don't know. But uh, that's what happened.
4: From E. Mike Jabs on Cozy, a question. Where does pragmatism fit in this Satan Empire story?
1: It, it it fits it flows from uh, what did what Emerson said about uh, nature, what what did he something about um, all right, let, let me uh, I can't find it here, but uh, pra, uh, pragmat pragmatism is a, a basically American understanding. It's it, we speak English. And so we have this natural propensity to adopt English modes of thought. And the Englishmen are uh, ignoramuses when it comes to philosophy. They never got over William of Ockham. They could never think metaphysically. They could not understand philosophical concepts. And so what you have is John Dewey now coming up with some type of Americanization of that flaw. It's like it's like importing the Goiter Belt to America. Okay, uh, it's the American version of the, goiter, the philosophical Goiter Belt, uh, and it, it it it's stupid. It, it, you know, if it works, then that's fine. This is not philosophy, and so the the, the crucial moment came in the 1930s when. Robert Hutchins and Mortimer Adler at the University of Chicago, which is also where John Dewey was, okay, the father of pragmatism, was at the University of Chicago uh, at at that, he left and went to Columbia where he started the education school. He was certainly associated with the University of Chicago. And uh, they said, basically, it's ridiculous. Americans don't have a philosophy. You know, so we're going to have to import it. And they brought Jacques Maritain in, who was a Thomist. And they say, Mortimer Adler is a Jewish Thomist. Figure that one out. But anyway, he realized that there was no philosophical depth to pragmatism. And so let's bring a Thomist in who can deal with metaphysical concepts. Well, Dewey, I guess he was a Columbia, because he came rushing back to the University of Chicago and led the charge against Hutchins, Maritain, and Adler, and they would not hire Maritain. So that's the kind of philosophical death witch that... Uh, you get from uh, ignoramuses who uh, are now powerful ignoramuses on the on the world political scene uh
4: let's see um uh, from reuser on cozy what counts for south america's political and economic instability if south america has been majority catholic
1: yes it's called freemasonry it's very simple freemasonry is the answer the classic example is mexico Mexico or uh, if you want to uh, the 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 great fruit of the Mexican church the the land that was created the cosmic race of the marriage of uh, Spanish and indigenous Americans uh, creating the cosmic race the country created by Our Lady of Guadalupe the great strides that they made forth in Spanish culture wrecked by Freemasonry there, there's a one word answer here is wrecked by Freemasonry so then you have people like Simon Bolivar in South America, uh, basically an agent of the British uh, who basically want to steal Sp- the Spanish possessions for the new world. Uh, uh, he's, he's uh, 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 overthrowing one government after another. And then finally, the a British agent who's been supplying with money and weapons says, we'd like to create a bank uh, here in Colombia. And Bolivar says no. And at that point they turn on Bolivar. So (laughs) that's that's what wrecked the economy. If you go, a a later example would be Argentina, the fourth biggest economy in the world after World War II, wrecked by uh, the Jewish bankers from New York City. Paul, uh, what's it, Paul Singer, uh, a classic example of how usury can wreck a country. Paul Singer buys up distressed uh, Argentine debt, goes to a Jewish judge in New York he buys it up at $0.10 cents on the dollar. Everybody agrees, take a haircut, we're going to pay $0.10 cents on the dollar. He goes to a Jewish judge in New York who then says, no, you have to pay him full face value. And so they, they are burdened with unrepayable debt, and obviously that's going to wreck the economy. That's what happened to South America and, and Central America.
4: Are the Freemasons still an issue in South America, or is it is it different now?
1: The The issue now, okay, the Duke d'Orléans said what is the relationship between Freemasonry and revolution? He's talking specifically about the French Revolution. So Freemasonry is the candle, revolution is the sun. When the sun comes up the candle is no longer needed and so what you have now is places like Brazil you have basically the back and forth between what they call neoconservatism which is basically Jewish internationalism, and uh, Lula, who's a, who's a communist. That's, that's the 20th century version of this, and even though you've got a majority Catholic population down there in Brazil, they can't break out of that political dialectic.
4: All right, uh, from uh, 17444 on Cozy, what do you think about General Pinochet and his uh, remarkably friendly approach to Jews?
1: Well, it's, it's the, the Achilles heel of right-wing movements. Although you're supposed to think it's the opposite. I mean, what do I think of Ron DeSantis signing a bill, uh, Florida's most draconian hate speech bill, and going to Israel to sign it? This is the the Achilles heel. You're 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 condemned to you know is it Zionist Jews or or left-wing Jews? Uh, And that's the choice you have to make here. It's the only choice we have in in the political system.
4: Uh, Question from Cozy. Uh, Dr. Jones, uh, what are your thoughts on the civil war unfolding in Russia tonight?
1: Mm, It's news to me. I haven't gotten the memo yet. I didn't know there was a civil war. I know there's dissatisfaction. There are hardliners in Russia who would like to uh, see the war in the Ukraine prosecuted faster. Uh, and more with more troops, and so on and so forth. So they uh, are unhappy with Putin, but uh, as, uh, as far as reaching a civil war proportions, I think that's an exaggeration.
4: From West Coast Zoomer, why are American evangelical Protestants more conservative compared to Catholics if prots are so uh, heretical?
1: Well, because. I mean, if you take this, the Southern Baptists, um, they come from an area of the country that was not modernized in the same way that a, a city like New York was. So I think it's a residual, it, it's the residual cultural patrimony of a conservative area of the country. Uh, and I think that's similar to asking why, uh, why are Muslims more traditional than Catholics? because the Enlightenment has, still hasn't reached uh, the Islamic world uh, in in some sense. Modernity swept through the Catholic Church during the 20th century after Vatican II. Before Vatican II, uh, the, it was not the case. Vatican II was used as an example to uh, get uh, people to adopt the categories of modernity in the Catholic Church. I think it failed. Notre Dame University is a classic example of that. Uh, I think there'll be a course correction there in terms of the Uh, Islam, I I think that I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I'm not sure that they can make uh, the transition. I'd like to see it happen in Iran, that's why I'm hoping to go there for the Farsi edition of Libido Dominandi to initiate that discussion. Uh, I think it has to happen among the uh, Protestants as well. Those churches are evaporating, the mainline churches have already pretty much evaporated. Uh, been taken over by uh, interest groups like homosexuals. So there's going to have to be a a course correction back in toward the Catholic Church.
4: From a user on Cozy, uh, Dr. Jones, do you see any politicians that are worth voting for?
1: You mean for the office of president?
4: I'm I'm assuming yes. No. Is there anyone that you would like?
1: First of all, first of all, I cannot make this judgment in uh, the abstract, it is going to have to come down to a concrete judgment between Mr. X and Mr. Y. And that concrete judgment that I've already faced was uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, for example. So if they put up Vlad the Impaler, uh, the Republican Party were to resurrect Vlad the Impaler to run against Hillary Clinton, I'd vote for Vlad the Impaler not that i particularly like what he did but anybody but hillary clinton that's usually the way you vote it's always the lesser of two evils
4: Uh, from el mexicano on cozy uh, on ram Emanuel's twitter account i see him spreading lgbt ideology in japan are the jews seeking to root uh, to wreck japan
1: yes of course they are this is one of the main uh one of their main targets okay so Uh, uh, A anecdote here. I'm getting in uh, Washington giving a speech, a Japanese reporter comes up to me and suddenly she says to me, uh, Japanese will never convert to Christianity. I said, okay, why not? He said, because as soon as they convert to Christianity, the Jews will take over their culture. Okay, well, okay, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me that. I'm not, I don't know whether it's going to happen or not, but so there's another anecdote. So a, a Jewish friend of mine is in a bar in Tokyo and there's a guy at the bar who's abusing a woman with him and so my Jewish friend Paul goes over to him and tells him to cut it out and the guy gives him some lip and he decks him, knocks him out right there on the floor, you know, and so another guy comes over to him and says, yeah, that was great, you know, it's, it's another Jew. So two Jews meeting in Tokyo. This is unusual. So Paul, my friend says to this other Jew, "So what are you doing here?" He says, "Well, I'm taking over Japan for the Jews." And it turns out that they actually did an article on him in the Wall Street Journal. So that's what they're that's what they're trying to do. So Why would you appoint Rahm Emanuel to be ambassador to Japan if you didn't want the Jews to take over Japan? And how do Jews take over Japan? How do Jews take over anything? Do they say you have to become a Jew? No, they have to say you have to accept the Jewish sacrament of abortion, and then you've got to accept the Jewish sacrament of sodomy, and by that time, you've lost all your identity. So that's going to be, it's a stealth attack on Japanese culture japan is an island they have a, that island mentality that insular mentality that uh, uh, the people on the outside are are bad people and for the most part they are bad people but uh, they are not going to survive uh, simply as an island anymore they, they've got a huge demographic problem uh, and they're going to have to make up their mind about logos uh, before it's too late
4: well dr jones at 605 want we'll to do a couple more here
1: one more question
4: uh, one more. All right. From uh, from Moke Art, uh, Dr. Jones, what are your thoughts on Joe Rogan? He's a leftist, but one of the few who had the balls to challenge COVID.
1: Take Joe Rogan off of Spotify, take I wrote a song about this, didn't I, when Neil Young uh, Anyway, who am I to have an opinion on Joe? First of all, I've never heard him interview anyone. If he wants to interview me, I'd be happy to talk to him. I assume you can only get that number of people uh, following you and that type of money uh, if you don't touch certain topics. And so uh, I guess God bless him for the good that he does. But uh, you can only get that far if you don't address the topics that need to be addressed.
4: right well thanks again everybody once again this is EMJ live it's every Friday at 5 Eastern Standard Time make sure that you subscribe to Culture Wars magazine and all of our books can be found on fidelitypress.org and culturewarsmagazine.com is where you get the magazine and obviously subscribe with
1: culturewars.com
4: culturewars.com and subscribe to telegram cozy all that stuff and a little bit of housekeeping Um, for those in telegram dr. Jones will not DM you and try to sell you cryptocurrencies so if He's not gonna DM anybody, so if anyone's getting DM, this happens like every month or so. Some bozo tries to crypto scam everyone on Telegram. Don't don't uh, interact with this guy. And then if you have any issues on Telegram, you DM at Culture Wars Media. Um, don't like call the office or something like that or email Dr. Jones. Um, DM at Culture Wars Media uh, and Telegram if you have any issues. That's all I got. Anything, Dr. Jones? What do you got? Thank you.
1: God bless America.
4: God bless America. All right, God bless everybody. Good night.